So hello everyone, my name is Lee Nichols and I'd like to welcome you all to the latest installment of H2 Tech Talk. Today we have a very special guest joining us today who is Narak uh, Bas Basvajan, who is the Vice President of Technip Energy's Hydrogen Product Line. We're gonna be speaking with him today about the hydrogen market and the latest technologies that are affecting this global industrial and commercial sector. Now, without further ado, I'd like to welcome in our special guest, Narik. Narik, how are you doing today? Very good, Lee, thank you. Excellent, well, listen, we really wanna thank you for giving us a couple minutes of your time to discuss this, this really uh, important topic that's affecting the globe, really. Um, but first off, before we jump into to the, to the questions I have listed, uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about Technip Energies and your company's role in the hydrogen sector? Sure. So first of all, thank you for having me here, Ali. Um, Technip Energies, um, to start off, what is Technip Energies? Technip Energies is a leading engineering and technology company focusing on the energy transition. We lead the way in liquefied natural gas, LNG, hydrogen and ethylene, and have growing market positions in blue and green hydrogen, sustainable chemistry, CO2 management, and carbon-free energy solutions. Our broad offering of project execution capabilities, technologies, products, and services enables us to break boundaries and accelerate the journey to a low-carbon society. Technip Energies was formed as a spin-off from Technip FMC back in February last year, back in February 2021. Our new name is a tribute to the respected Technip brand which represents more than 60 years of successful operations and energies, which reflects our vision to break boundaries and accelerate the energy transition. Going forward, we see our new company as a world leader in engineering technologies and project delivery, serving major energy transition projects worldwide and helping our clients achieve their net zero targets. Each of our 15,000 employees spread across 34 countries is committed to delivering smart project execution, fostering technological innovation, and challenging industry conventions. Second part of your question, which is coming to Technip Energy's role in the hydrogen sector. So hydrogen is a key lever in reaching net zero targets and in the long term playing a crucial role in the overall global energy mix. Technip Energies is known as a world leader in hydrogen. We have delivered our proprietary steam reforming technology to more than 270 plants, representing some 30% of the global installed base for pure gaseous hydrogen. Of those, more than 50 facilities feature carbon capture capabilities. Looking ahead, the world will need large quantities of cheap and clean hydrogen. The combination of our conventional hydrogen heritage including proprietary recuperative reforming technologies and our leading carbon avoidance and capture solutions puts us in a strong position to engineer and construct blue hydrogen plants. Recently, back in May last year, we launched Blue H2 by 10, our full suite of deeply decarbonized and cost competitive solutions for hydrogen production. The suite of solutions comprise of flight-proven proprietary technologies and reduce carbon emissions by up to 99% compared with traditional hydrogen. And its flexibility allows blue hydrogen to be tailored to, to individual applications. In green hydrogen, 
Our ambition is to act as a leading technology integrator and services provider for green projects. Our technology collaboration and equity investment in McPhee, which is a leading manufacturer of equipment used in the production and distribution of green hydrogen, is an excellent example of this goal. We are also working with clients and partners to improve green hydrogen project economics for future large-scale projects. We have established robust working relationships with leading electrolyzer manufacturers and can provide technology agnostic services to our clients with the aim of optimizing total cost of ownership and levelized cost of hydrogen. Through global leadership in the hydrogen market and vast experience in technology integration, Technip Energies can provide modular, designed to scale and affordable green hydrogen solutions to medium and large scale industrial clients. Whether it's green hydrogen for refining, for petrochemicals, power generation, for steel manufacturing or ammonia production, we deliver single point systems and project integration services. We have in the past 12 months completed several studies and front end design work, ranging from small scale few megawatts to large scale multi gigawatts and continue to bid on medium to large scale green hydrogen projects. In addition, through our expertise in engineering and delivering large ammonia and integrated ammonia urea units worldwide over the past three decades, as well as our privileged access to ammonia technology, we are able to successfully position ourselves across the entire hydrogen value chain. Back to you, Lee. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was good. It sounds like you're involved in a few things. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly. It's, 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 it's quite busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it, it, we've seen so much interest, of course, in, in the hydrogen economy. And so I'm kind of curious from, from your point of view, uh, it's kind of a two-part question. So what do you see as the current state of the hydrogen market? And then following up with that, where do you see the most growth potential for hydrogen's usage? Okay, so so starting off with, with the first part of your question, um, hydrogen today is the most widely used industrial gas in the refining, chemical, and petrochemical industries. It is expected to become more widely used as a clean energy carrier and a decarbonization lever for hard to abate sectors in the future. The Hydrogen Council in November last year, 2021, stated that hydrogen has a central role in helping the world reach net zero emissions by 2050 and limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. From now through to 2050, hydrogen can avoid 80 gigatons of cumulative CO2 emissions. With annual abatement potential of 7 gigatons in 2050, hydrogen can contribute 20% of the total abatement needed by 2050. Based on information again provided by the Hydrogen Council and the International Energy Agency, we can estimate that capex for hydrogen production will likely scale up by about 90 billion USD over the next decade. Longer term, from the 2030s until 2050, the expectation is that blue hydrogen production will increase by 10% and green hydrogen production by about 15% both on a compounded annual growth rate. 
This would equate to more than 2 trillion USD of cumulative investment supporting hydrogen production through to 2050. Several trillions more will be needed for renewable infrastructure, as well as for hydrogen transmission, storage and distribution systems. In terms of the second part of your question, so demand for hydrogen can be tracked using three main indicators. One, demand for decarbonization applications in major industries like steel, cement, petrochemical and others for hydrogen use both as a direct feedstock or as a heat source. Two, demand in new sectors such as mobility, driven mainly by long-haul trucks, shipping and aviation. This would also include hydrogen-based e-fuels. Another new sector would be gas grid injection, meaning blending in the natural gas network for power generation and or for industrial or domestic consumption. And three, demand for low carbon hydrogen production, replacing conventional hydrogen in existing industrial applications like refineries and chemical plants. Hydrogen demand and supply will require the interplay of several steps as has been very well described by the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. These are A, embedding hydrogen into regulatory decarbonization strategies and setting clear priorities and targets, both for hydrogen production as well as for consumption. B, putting a price on carbon as one of the most effective and cost-efficient cost means of driving decarbonization across economies and creating a competitive market for hydrogen as a result. C, adopting an internationally recognized full life cycle based CO2 equivalent greenhouse gas methodology to calculate the carbon intensity of hydrogen and implementing a global verifiable, traceable and tradable certification and a guarantee of origin scheme. Excellent. And so um, it's, it's just pretty incredible the, the, the potential that this uh, that hydrogen has for just the globe in general. And, and one area that I did want to I did want to go a little bit deeper into is is blue hydrogen. I know you mentioned it in the first and second questions that I had for you. Um, so my question is for people who don't know much about blue hydrogen. Can you talk about the importance of blue hydrogen and its role in the hydrogen sector? Sure. Um, so blue hydrogen, which, which substantially, let's say, reduced CO2 emissions, uh, is produced through minimization of the primary carbon footprint and the deliberate capture of the co-produced carbon dioxide. It will undoubtedly play an important role in the energy transition, let's say, as an immediate and affordable step to reduce carbon emissions. There is widespread debate in, in, in industry and by regulatory bodies about this subject. How blue is your hydrogen? This is often arbitrarily defined as a minimum 60 to 90% CO2 reduction with an occasional stretch towards 95% or more. Often, however, these definitions focus on scope one direct emissions and fail to consider scope two indirect emissions. And while it is common to talk about percentage CO2 removal, it may be more appropriate to consider kilogram CO2 emission for every kilogram of hydrogen produced. In conventional plants, for example, this ratio is about 10 to 1, meaning 10, kilogram of, 10 kilograms of carbon dioxide are emitted for every kilogram of hydrogen being produced. 
To be fair though, hydrogen is approximately 22 times lighter than carbon dioxide. And every molecule of hydrogen produces half a molecule of CO2. Due to this large weight differential, conventional hydrogen production is a high carbon intensity operation. The EU defines a blue or low carbon hydrogen certified standard emissions ceiling of 36 grams CO2 equivalent per megajoule of hydrogen. This equates to 4.4 kilograms CO2 per kilogram hydrogen allowable emissions, inclusive of upstream CO2 emissions on a well-to-gate basis. Also, 72% capture is mentioned as the SMR target for natural gas. Nevertheless, the EU's CETIFI sets an absolute ISPL emission ceiling of roughly 2.5 kilogram CO2 per kilogram hydrogen, which really appears to be well within the realm of what is practicable and cost-effective to kickstart the hydrogen economy. Another voice in the hydrogen sector, the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, or the WBCSD, recommends the following definitions for hydrogen on a full life cycle basis. First one, reduced carbon hydrogen, which it defines as being less than or equal to six kilograms CO2 equivalent for every kilogram of hydrogen being produced and classifies this as being only relevant as a stepping stone to achieving lower carbon hydrogen for existing higher intensity production installations. Second definition, low carbon hydrogen, which it defines as being less than or equal to three kilograms CO2 per kilogram hydrogen. This is in a very similar range as that of the EU's certified standard for ISPL hydrogen production emissions as I just described before. And third, third, third definition, ultra low carbon hydrogen, which the, the WBCSD defines as being less than or equal to one kilogram CO2 equivalent per kilogram hydrogen. The ultimate definition of clean hydrogen should be one that produces ultra low or zero CO2. In fact, solutions exist today, 90 plus percent CO2 removal to achieve these ultra low carbon figures. Coming back to blue hydrogen, where CO2 captured is a dedicated add-on to conventional hydrogen plants, and is preferably applied after the shift conversion, making use of the elevated CO2 partial pressure. In conventional hydrogen plants, roughly 60 to 70% of the total CO2 emission is attributable to indirect process gas emissions while the remainder is directly entered in the flue gases from makeup fuel firing. With our in-house and flight proven technologies, Technip Energies has developed solutions to shift the presence of CO2 from the flue gases to the process gas, thereby increasing the potential, let's say for easy capture from the process gas. Um, in the medium term, what we see is blue hydrogen projects becoming viable when, when the following three criteria are met, availability of affordable or cheap gas, existing pipeline infrastructure, and CO2 sequestration potential, meaning availability of subsurface slash depleted reservoirs. This means that blue hydrogen is likely to be favored in certain geographical areas, such as the North Sea, Russia, certain parts of North America, 
the Middle East and Australia. Creation of concentrated hydrogen hubs in these regions appears highly probable. We are currently seeing a very dynamic pipeline of blue hydrogen prospects and projects developing in countries around the North Sea, driven largely by the UK, Norway and the Netherlands, and to a certain extent in North America. In Russia, the Middle East and Australia, we see the emphasis more on developing an export industry through blue ammonia in anticipation of potential markets both in Europe and in East Asia. Yeah, that's great. Now, my next question then, of course, is a follow-up. Now, could, could you tell us a little bit more about the life cycle assessment of hydrogen's carbon footprint? Uh, sure, yep. Uh, so as implied earlier, it is critical to note that carbon reduction targets for low-carbon hydrogen facilities are primarily driven to reduce scope one direct inside the fence emissions, while often discounting scope two indirect emissions. Scope two energy supply related emissions, while usually being produced outside the plant fence, are still a direct consequence of the production process. It is therefore critical to look at the full picture through life cycle analysis to ultimately understand the overall environmental impact of the asset. As a case in point, Electrolyzer facilities are fully dependent on electric power for energy supply. The European Union's average carbon intensity today on mixed grid supply is around 250 grams of CO2 for every kilowatt hour of power being produced. The average figure in the United States is higher at around 450 grams CO2 equivalent per kilowatt hour. So if we plug in electrolyzers to the US or EU grid systems today, we will on average generate between 14 to 25 kilograms CO2 for every kilogram of hydrogen produced, which is higher than a conventional gray hydrogen plant. On the other hand, as per the IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, average life cycle carbon intensity is a low 11 grams CO2 per kilowatt hour for wind and 20 to 40 grams CO2 per kilowatt hour for solar PV, resulting in an equivalent hydrogen production carbon intensity of 0.6 for wind and between 1 to 2 kilograms CO2 per kilogram hydrogen for solar. These ultra low carbon intensity figures are also possible to achieve with low carbon blue hydrogen solutions today. The key, therefore, for electrolyzers to have meaningfully low carbon footprints and be classified as ultra low carbon or green hydrogen is to power them with 100% renewable electricity and to further improve the life cycle CO2 footprint of the renewable infrastructure. This suggests that blue hydrogen is a necessary stopgap to enable meaningful greenhouse gas reductions during the period needed to significantly expand renewable infrastructure and significantly decarbonize electricity generation systems. It also suggests a blend of future hydrogen projects, meaning blue hydrogen where industrial sites have ready access to CCUS outlets or electrolysis where CCUS is not possible and or renewable energy is cheap and readily available. We see 
green hydrogen prospects are spread across the world with operators and developers anticipating the future availability of cheap renewable power, reductions in electrolyzer cost, efficiency improvements, and the emergence of new hydrogen markets. Competitiveness of green will likely match blue by around 2030 with considerable government and ESG finance support. Economics will further favor very large-scale renewable hubs that provide economies of scale. Green hydrogen is associated with the hydrogen economy, a future scenario where hydrogen is widely used as a carbon-free energy carrier and the fundamental alternative to fossil fuels. Even after cost parity is achieved, both blue and green projects will likely continue coexisting for decades to come. We see blue and green, therefore, not as competing, but rather as complementary. At Technip Energies, we also believe in the need to deploy all means necessary to accelerate the global decarbonization efforts and achieve global net zero targets. We also consider ourselves to be partners in this sustainable journey through optimization of design, technological innovation, and seamless project integration across the hydrogen value chain. Excellent, perfect. Well, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of potential there for blue hydrogen production. So I'm curious then is, and I know you mentioned at the beginning when you were talking about Technip Energies and, and their offerings that you have. So what kind of technologies uh, does Technip uh, Energies offer regarding blue hydrogen production? So Technip Energies provides a, a wide array of solutions and technologies, and the aim in all is to arrive at the lowest levelized cost of hydrogen. Um, our references include several of the world's largest single-train hydrogen applications, and our reference fleet is now rapidly evolving to address the mandate of raising efficiency and reducing carbon emissions in support of the energy transition. We offer proven hydrogen technology and tailored solutions for cost-optimal, high-efficiency, and reliable production through the following elements. So, one commercially proven solutions of enhanced reforming technologies. Two, company developed recuperative reforming technologies. And, and we have our own proprietary items here, uh, and I'll mention two of them. One of them is the Technip Parallel Reformer, and the other one is the Enhanced Annular Reforming Tube for Hydrogen, or Earth. The Technip Parallel Reformer is our proven convective recuperative reformer which is also suitable for retrofits. It is designed to optimize the high-grade heat utilization and increase reforming capacity without additional firing, thereby resulting in lower CO2 emissions by up to 20%. Our Earth technology, on the other hand, is our newest reforming technology, newest recuperative reforming technology, and it is a drop-in insert for reformer tubes consisting of a structured reforming catalyst and concentric internal tubes, which is also suitable for retrofits. It allows the reformer to operate up to 20% higher capacity with a 10% lower CO2 footprint. Another technology in our portfolio is our in-house combustion and burner technology, the ultra-low NOx advanced large-scale or so-called LSV burner, which we recently tested with 100% hydrogen firing. And finally, CO2 capture. 
our carbon capture references in more than 50 hydrogen plants to produce CO2 as a byproduct gas or to adapt the hydrogen carbon monoxide ratios for syngas applications. Hydrogen plants with overall CO2 capture rates up to 99% are achievable, utilizing pre-combustion process capture with our technology and solutions. And we employ here a variety of CO2 capture technologies, either under framework licenses or through collaborative agreements and arrangements. Excellent. I mean, th those sounds like very interesting technologies that, that uh, if y'all ever want to write any papers on them, let us know. We, we could use <laughs> we could use that that expertise. Uh, but, but, no, for but sure, what, for sure. We do we do plan to to write a few papers. So so thanks for letting us know, Ali. Oh, be, absolutely. That'd be, yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need them. I mean, uh, this is the kind of stuff that that we love to publish, and, and they're very interesting technologies, and they seem like they have an incredible amount of benefits to the user. So I guess then the next question is. What makes these uh, hydrogen technologies more attractive to clients versus, say, competing technologies? Mm, I guess we could say that the, the hydrogen plants that we have uh, either designed and or installed um, have proven reliability and 99% demonstrated, let's say, on-stream availability. This excludes, of course, any planned downtime and external forced outages. Um, our proprietary designs have provided compact solutions with high overall energy efficiency and minimized environmental impacts and carbon emissions. So with such a large reference base and continuous improvement through dedicated in-house research and development programs, our blue hydrogen solutions stand out as being comprised of flight-proven technologies and equipment, providing maximum hydrogen yield at minimum hydrogen at minimum energy demand, um, highly efficient carbon avoidance and capture techniques, and really it's readily available to clients today. Perfect. Well, I guess then the, the, the biggest question then is for, for the listeners that want to know more about these technologies uh, that Technip Energies has, and of course your company's role in the hydrogen economy. We discuss it here, but if they want to go more in depth, Where's the best place they can find out more information? So starting point would, would be our website. So www.technipenergies.com. And within the, the website, we do have a, a dedicated section for hydrogen. Um, I, I would recommend that that's a good place to start. Uh, we have recently uh, put together a, a hydrogen brochure uh, where we explain uh, most of what I've just explained in the podcast here today. Um, uh, and, and of course, uh, a, a bit more on, uh, on, on, on green hydrogen, uh, where we are also, let's say, uh, providing our project integration services. Excellent. Well, definitely, I, I think our listeners will, will love to go check out that because, I mean, like I said, I think we've just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg on the amount of technologies that, that your company offers. So it's very... It, interesting stuff and Arik, we really can't thank you enough for providing us a couple minutes of your time today especially to discuss these important items uh, that are facing the hydrogen economy and a lot of the technologies that y'all are offering uh, regarding that so i really really want to thank you for your time today um, and yeah. of course we really want to thank all of you for listening to the latest installment of h2 tech talk thanks again thank you very much lee appreciate it